Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Joining us in the Great Midwest Bank Hotline, it's Tony DeZeno from NBC Sports. Welcome to the show, Tony. Hey, Z-Man. Happy Saturday. And, uh, yeah, it's fair day. We sat out there yesterday, I think, or earlier this week. So it looked like a good crowd, good turnout. Okay, it's the question everybody has to ask. What did you eat? Oh, cream puffs, no question. Did you try the cricket nachos? That's what I want to know. Who has I, tried I did, the cricket nachos? I did not try the cricket nachos. I wasn't going to go beyond the cream puffs. But yeah. That is the voice, of course, of NASCAR girl Summer Santana, who I was just about to introduce, but she jumped the gun on me. That's fine. We're That's talking about state fair food, and I am very... You had to bring up the cricket. I did, because I want to know who has tried it, either the cricket nachos or the cricket chips. And apparently everybody that I've pulled hasn't. No. There's no reason to eat crickets. We don't live in a third world country. It's a very good source of protein. Yeah, well, we don't need I, I don't think that we're any of, I don't, if you looked at the crowd out here at State Fair, I don't think they're lacking in protein. <laughs> Maybe Tony, but. <laughs> Tony might be lacking yeah. in protein. There's there's always improvements you can make on the protein front, but uh, I had I had new vision cricket as a as a way to fix that. Well, I tell you what, if you do the uh, uh, Paris to Dakar rally or something, I think then you can have your cricket nachos. There there you go. So, yeah, we so, that's always a January event. Never fails. Would, would that be a winner's meal or a loser's meal? I, I think that's question. a winner's meal because you're just surviving the desert at that point, right? Yeah. And it takes a lot out of you, so you need to replenish, and you need to replenish as much as you can in such a little time. And, I mean, who doesn't like nachos? Everybody loves nachos. See? Stick some cr- oh, crickets on there, and you're the good. Highlight of the, it's a highlight of Texas Motor Speedway, apparently, when they say that the most famous words there outside of gentlemen start your engines are, ladies and gentlemen, the nacho bar is open. I learned something. I learned something last week, Tony. When when you make when you want to make a point, don't don't or when you're picking making predictions like we were last week with uh, Eddie Lapine, you should just go with your gut. And I wanted to go. I wanted to go with my young Brazilian friend, and I didn't. And I got that's what happens. So tell uh, us about last last week at uh, Road America. Yeah, um, the IMSA series wrapped up at uh, Road American for the first time this year. A Cadillac didn't win overall. Um, young Pipo Durrani, the Brazilian kid we're mentioning, has uh, broke through for the Nissan Patron on-road team, so Scott Sharp's group. So it was a good good pass to the outside of Jordan Taylor with about 30 minutes to go. Made, made the pass. They're, those guys, the Taylor brothers, are trying to win the championship, so they didn't necessarily need the win as much, but... Uh, yeah, it was, a, it was a good ending. It was nice that the rain held off. Um, definitely it, a better crowd than I was anticipating, for sure. Uh, a nice shower kind of halfway through would have been cool. It might have spiced it up a little bit. The first half was a little off, kind of like lacking in entertainment, but it got better in the second half. As it usually does at Road America. 
Michael Andretti. Honda or Chevy? I think Chevy. I think it's uh Why is this it's not a so foregone long? conclusion. It's pretty close. Is it because they're worried about losing Rossi and Sato, isn't it? Uh, not even that so much. I think it's more of financial type possibility and really kind of a balance of power type situation. I mean, it's kind of got the IndyCar silly season and a bit of a holding pattern where we've had a month of talking and you know until until that gets announced, provided that's what happens, then that's where everything starts falling from there and kind of it really will kick off round two, I guess, of of the domino effect. Uh, all this while the championship battle still going on and Sato still mathematically, although not really realistically, has a shot at it. This is where it's going to be kind of like musical chairs and all the announcements are going to kind of, most of the, the majority of the announcements are going to happen at once. Yeah, it's, it's basically like when one happens, then it could be two, three, four, five, all within a you know, two to three week period as everyone kind of snaps up what's left. Um, it's interesting in NASCAR, that's been kind of what's happened over the last month or so, and it's been a crazy silly season. I'm sure Sparky and Summer, you know, followed it more than I have, but, you know, we haven't really seen a youth movement in IndyCar quite the same way we're seeing it in NASCAR, and, you know, I think Joseph Newgarden's success has kind of given rise to the young gun in IndyCar, and we won't get to that point yet until we start seeing all the all the dominoes fall. Um. What, what else is happening? This is kind of a lull. I mean, you got F1 off for the next, what, three, four weeks before they come back to Spa. So I'm, I'm seeing these. Uh, it's funny because you see these little PR trips. Now, now who's, this, who's this driver from, uh, I just saw, I think, a, an IndyCar? Uh, Linus or Linus? Renus, Renus. yeah, the Dutch kid. Renus. The Dutch kid, yes. The one. Yeah, the, the Dutch kid, Renus Van Kalmfout, but he goes by VK under American, it kind of Americanized his name. Uh, he's a 16-year-old kid that's in the USF 2000 series, which is kind of like the A-ball of IndyCar. So on the Moss Road, you've got USF, you've got Pearl Madison and Indy White. This kid's uh, second in the championship. He's 16 years old, finished between first and fourth in every race but one this year, and he's 13 points out of the championship lead. How is he not leading with that kind of record? The guy that he's chasing is on like six or seven races, and he's only won two. So he's a really talented prodigy, but you know, this is kind of the year, like you're part of the year where with IndyCar not racing, you know, they're back next week in the Pocono. You've got tests, uh, you've got new car stuff, and then you've got... I don't want to say filler, but you kind of—it's a good opportunity time of year to give guys that you might not have paid attention to earlier in the year some impress because you know otherwise you get kind of lost and buried on a race weekend and it goes—you know—we're we're waiting to see what what comes next. So this is kind of a good time of year to, to play catch up in that regard. And then uh, local slant—I forgot to mention before with uh, last week with Performance Tech Motorsports and James French, James French and Paddle Award winning. Uh, last week in El at Road America too, and James French, of course, local driver from Sheboygan, and Pat Award, uh, interesting because he's teammates with our official up-and-coming driver, who's now in the D-Lights. Yeah, okay. it's, um, that was Aaron Thielich, right? He said, he said, I Super Stars, our, our friend, colleague, called him. 
Yeah, it was good to see those guys get another win. They've um, they've done a perfect seven for seven this year in that class, the last year of it. They clinched their championship race early. Um, good for Frenchie. He's been the dude's log. I don't know how many tens of thousands of laps and miles at Road America, but uh, he never actually won a professional race there until last week. He kind of made a joke that, oh, you know, we were going to have a party at my parents' house, but they're not down for that. So I hear they have some establishments in the nearby Elkhart and Sheepkins you know, the Tiki Bar, but he's like, oh, I've never been there. Yeah, sure you haven't, and you haven't yeah, been right. in history either. So, mm-hmm. um, and Pato has had a good year for himself, too, because I was kind of hoping he'd be in open wheel full-time, but his, his Indy Lights deal was only for a couple weekends. Um, really, really fast young Mexican driver. only, I think, only 18 years old, so he's got a really bright future ahead of him. He certainly does, and... Uh... And then, uh, of course, the Acura released uh, their teaser video for their new prototype. What do you, what do you think about that? Looks good. Looks pretty. Looks pretty promising. The front, uh, the front end section looks really different with how they've bolted the nose of it. So it's kind of similar to how their NSX looks. Um, it's not based on that. It's they're calling it the ARX05, following their past naming of prototypes. They'll unveil that formally next week in Monterey at the Monterey Automotive Week. So um, that'll be interesting because that'll be kind of a cross-promotion where IndyCar is in one place, but Acura has this other thing going on, too. So exciting times. Um, We heard Pipo's name rumored for the Penske seat possibility. Um, You know, that's really kind of the first sports car name that we've heard mentioned publicly beyond the IndyCar guys. So... Um, I don't know if they're going to announce drivers with that yet, but um, I wouldn't be surprised to hear the least name one or two uh, to go along with the car launch. And uh, I must say, uh, love your article with uh, J.R. Hildebrand about the safety tweaks, because I think he's, he's J.R. kind of comes out on my, my feeling, we kind of seem we're on the same page here. Let's not just start throwing stuff on cars to improve safety. Is that what I'm getting out of this article? Yeah, that's that's exactly it. Uh, JR is by far one of the smartest dudes I've ever met in racing. I've known him for 10 years. I've gone back to the Atlantic and he likes winning the championship there. And the guy's got basically he's an engineer by trade. You know, he, he teaches STEM classes. He's a, you know, a, an adjunct professor at Stanford, you know, in his spare time. He could have gone to MIT if he wanted it. But, you know, I, I figure if you're going to talk to JR, most people are going to talk to him about silly season. You know, does he have a ride next year? We don't know. It's hard to say at this point. But he was pretty instrumental in the initial testing of the 2018 stuff last year. He kind of knows how important it is to be methodical. I think he used the word iterative at one point. I was like, how many race car drivers use the word iterative at any point? So um, he's a really sharp cookie, and I think you always learn a lot learning, uh, talking to him. So it was good to get kind of his take on that because – we're, we're, as the year goes on, we're going to have drivers, you know, explaining what they think the new car is going to do, how it's going to look, what enhancements are going to come with it, and, and he's usually a pretty sharp voice to, to add his expertise on that. Yeah, I mean, because I, I think with, with safety, it's, sometimes it's actually good to be proactive in certain ways, and uh, you look at F1, where they were going with their noses, with the raising of the noses off the ground so much, that was that was leading itself to if it happened, which it didn't, decide intrusion issues, which is brought up in this article, and I thought it was interesting that that F1, I applaud, 
for taking that action. And plus, not only that, making them look back, bringing them back to a normal-looking car. Because I wasn't a big fan. I don't think anybody was with, uh, I mean, that, that the roots of that aero design goes back to, I think, 1991 with Zero. But with the, the raising of the nose and uh, what, I mean, that could be a big problem. And F1 saw it with, regarding side intrusions. And, uh, you know, hats off to them. And I just think, you know, we, we talked about this in the past with the, uh, with the cockpit protection, and I also spoke with this with David Hobbs, a Formula One expert. Racing's dangerous, and unfortunately, you know, bad things happen, and you can't protect everything from everything. And you got to have that air of danger. And the guys that that strap themselves in know it. Yeah, and that's what separates them from from us. You know, we can be the the schmuck right. guys on the sideline talking about it, but you know, they're out doing it and it's really impressive what they put themselves through. I don't mind there being, you know, more safety improvements. I don't think anyone really does. But at the same point, you know, uh, you cover it long enough, that danger element is still a selling point, and you hate to say mm -hmm. it, but sometimes it increases the ratings, it increases the stage views when you've got something of that caliber you're talking about. So that's, that's kind of the balancing act, right, because you want to have like you see with the halo and f1 is the same thing that could be interesting and we'll see when the windscreen or aero screen or whatever they're going to call it an indycar comes out later this year uh how that's going to work because i think you don't want it to impact what's good and you also don't want to have the guys get have their vision or something get blurred as a result of that so that was kind of the issue that f1 raised with the aero screen a couple weeks ago when they tested that so um, yeah, interesting times ahead for sure as kind of these series move forward on their safety changes, but, you know, that, that balancing and what makes them great is how cool they are able to do what they, what they do uh, compared to the rest of us who are just watching on the sidelines. And what's next for Tony DeZeno? We have, um, let's see, we got a three-week-in-a-row IndyCar stretch coming up, so Pocono, Gateway, and Washington Glen all to come, so... Um, after the kind of nice little mini break here, it'll, it'll get back to business, back to business rather, uh, in the next couple of weeks. You'll be on the road for all three of those? Not at Pocono. I have a colleague in Pennsylvania who'll be at that one, but the last three from Gateway, Washington, Sonoma in mid-September. So, yep, so one more week, one more weekend at home and then go from there. Excellent. Hopefully we'll be able to chat next week. Sounds good. That's Tony DeZeno from NBCSports.com. Make sure to check out his stuff on the Motors tab up on the top. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.